Warning, the following podcast contains major plot spoilers for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Continue at your own risk. You have been warned, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast. I am your host, Michael MM3 Moreno. And with me as always is Thomas Starkiller Logue. And today we have a special guest host. With us is Chad CV2187 Kavanaugh. What's yeah. up, guys? How you doing? Doing good. So we essentially saw the movie, right? The three of us went, not together, but separately over the weekend, saw the movie. And I don't know about you. You guys were both in my hearts, though. Oh, absolutely. Like Heart, mind, and soul, all three. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I don't know, man. I left the movie theater, and I knew immediately, like, dude, I have to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Oh, my gosh. No kidding, dude. I was, oh, what dude, a high I was on. Oh, absolutely. Not to be like a wuss or, you know, anything like that, but I, I almost cheered up a few times during this movie. And we'll There's talk- nothing wussy about that. We're all old enough to have experienced all six of the movies prior. Basically, what we did is we had a chance to fall in love again, and we did. And it was, it was incredible. And there were, there were so many things that occurred in the movie. So many different moments were just the the tears came up. It, it was incredible. Loved it. You, you know what I think is special about this man is, okay, we've all seen the first six movies. Uh, they've been around for a while now. We know what happens. We know the pacing. It, it, there's nothing really new when you're watching these original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. But when you're watching this movie, nobody knows what's going to happen. This is all brand new stuff. There's no Very anticipation exciting. of anything. Agreed. 100%. It felt like even from the start, like the vibe of the movie felt like the classic star wars it did not feel it, like oh dude phantom menace it, it, it or anything yeah it definitely went back to that feel of live sets and like you're just kind of sucked into these different planets it was it was a little more intense than the other six movies definitely had that jj abrams feel that's not a complaint i just want to relive it every day with action figures <laughs> Well, you know what the funny thing is, is it was like George Lucas's greatest hits. It was almost a carbon copy of oh, A New Hope. I thought there was a lot of cool little nods to A New Hope and the other movies that I appreciated. Like when uh, when Finn's on the Millennium Falcon and he's looking for something, he finds the Jedi training orb and kind of looks at it and then tosses it to the side. There was a lot of little nods like that. There was or like when he, when the when the when the chest set fired up. You know that was pretty cool. Now, um, how, how, what did you do? You, th- you didn't think that was a little too much? You know, I mean, like it, it wasn't it wasn't the enough. Falcon it's supposed to be there he's but, sitting at the chess table right why wouldn't it pop up <laughs> yeah yeah that's not really even a complaint for me one of the things that i was discussing with somebody today was the whole dynamic between han and leia the fact that after jedi number six everybody lived happily ever after was kind of the sentiment right yeah and then it was kind of dark and pretty powerful that this movie starts and han's back to his old ways smuggling yep and they kind of get reunited, but they had a failed relationship because they couldn't raise their son properly. And I was like, man, that is, that's powerful. A Star Wars franchise movie to have like failed parenting and relationships as kind of the thing that, that's, that's looming in the background. I thought that was kind of cool. I liked it. I really liked it. I like how they uh, they just touched on it, right? So they they caught you up with to Han and Leia's story by just a quick conversation when Han and Leia were kind of discussing how they started fighting and it kind of just fell apart. And then you got to think like this dude was basically a smother, yeah. right? And she was. was royalty. Honestly, in reality, man, and I know we're dealing with a fantasy, you know, movie here, but. It couldn't have worked out, you know. Yeah, it was like a doomed relationship. Yeah. We can't, we can't be together. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. Kylo Ren's character was pretty cool. Every time he walked, there was just a sense of urgency. 
every every step he took was solid. So it was a boom, boom, boom. That was kind of cool. I really like Kylo Ren's character, man. And now, and here's the contrast between like old movie villains, right? Like Vader, classic movie villain, where he was. You, you really don't know anything. Of, if if you're watching A New Hope for the first time, you don't really get much about Vader and what his motivations are and his, his nothing. history. Nothing in A New Hope. He's just right? a bad guy. He's just like he's like he's like really Scott's aliens. He's just like this faceless, eyeless, like you don't know what he's looking at, you don't know what he's thinking. He's a monster, right? And Kylo Ren kind of is kind of like this new wave of like like flawed villain. Like when I saw More, Kylo almost Ren, almost a relatable villain. Like yeah. he was unmasked so early, you know. Like with Darth Vader, his mask didn't come off. I mean, you saw the back of his head in Empire, but his mask didn't come off until the end. Till the very end, yeah. After he saved Luke's life, and so to me, I'm like, wow, they've already unmasked him. We already get to know him. That was different. I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I thought they did that too early. Like when they unmasked him, I would have liked that he kept the mask on the whole time. Like when he took it off in front of. I thought that was meh, kind of pointless. She's like, well, that's what happens when you're being hunted by a monster. So then he took off his mask. I thought, I wish he would have kept it on until the confrontation with Han Solo on the bridge. When Han Solo says, take off the mask. And then you You see, he's just got a regular face. It's almost like that's Kylo Ren's character. He's so quick to try to prove anybody wrong, even at the detriment of his own character. That, that's a good point, though, Tom. I did notice that as well, where it was like, oh, wow, we're already going to we're already getting a reveal and we're not even halfway through the movie. It, it didn't it didn't take me out of it because they kept developing Kylo or, or Ben as the movie went along really, really well with his temper tantrums, with his suffering, all these embarrassments and stuff. He, he honestly reminds me a little bit of what Marvel's doing with their Netflix villains, right? And I'm not trying to compare. I'm not trying to say one's better than the other. But Wilson Fisk was very, very flawed and insecure. Hugely insecure. Yeah. And they they revealed that Han Solo was his father very early. Too early. You got Vader. Vader's the grandpa. Um, Luke is the uncle. It it appears as if Rey is his cousin. You guys think so? Well, that was was what I... I, When she touched the lightsaber, it called to her. You think she's a Skywalker? Well, uh, what what was the, the... creatures named Maz was like yeah I thought she said it was your grandfather's and then your father's before that I don't remember that I thought no. she said something to that effect maybe I'm wrong but I thought she said something to that effect and she's like now it's yours to take and, and, and raise it I want nothing to do with it she did mention that her family's not coming for you so she knows she knows who she is right she uh, Maz Kanata I think recognized her whether visually or, or could sense or maybe Maz Kanata is force sensitive or whatever but she said something along the lines of look your family's not coming back for you. You yeah, know what you're looking for behind you is not there. It's in front of you. Yeah, you have to go find them. Which was Luke on the island. My that was my that was my take from it. And then I thought I thought maybe Finn would have been a family of someone. You're gonna say Lando? <laughs> no, no. I mean, that was the other thing. It's like I. There, there's so much more diversity in this movie, which is pretty cool. You've got this female Ray who's a bad and um, definitely coming along to be, you know, one of the main characters. And you've got Finn, who's he's cool. Yeah. I like Finn. I like Finn a lot. He just he seems awesome. Yeah, Dude, he br- he brought also kind of like uh, not boyish charm, but like he was he was so excitable, like a kid. A, he's sitting there torn. He's like, I'm not shooting these people, and he didn't shoot them. Yeah. And uh, he knew what they were doing was wrong, even though he's been brought up in this and trained in this. When it came down to his first time to see it he instantly recognized something was wrong and he's like i can't do this yeah. which was which was cool but then when him and ray are together on the millennium falcon and he's like jakku why do you want to go back to jakku wait do you have a boyfriend is, is he a boyfriend do you have a boyfriend <laughs> he 
he he he definitely has, and I hope I'm using this word right. He has like a, a naivety, a, a naivety to him. Naivety. Yeah. yeah, like he's like yeah. he's he's finally thinking on his own. And I'm sure he's never dealt with females and relationships. And all he's known is like war, 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 war. You know, and now he's training for war. Exactly. And it's like, I think it was the first time that he came when it was his first experience with what the stormtroopers do by murdering an entire village. That's when he was like, whoa, 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 no, not doing this. And that was his first, that was his first battle he mentioned, right? Yeah. He's very straightforward. He's he's very yeah. honest in that sense, with the exception of him trying to hide that he was Part who he was. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I mean, other than that, he's like bright eyed. Yeah. He's willing to help. He's willing to jump in. He he's he seems like he's going to be a very loyal person. The greatest redeeming factor for me was when Ray was kidnapped by Kylo Ren and you know Finn and Han and Chewie and all of them immediately went back to go get her but Rey realized that her whole life she's been waiting for her family to come back for her and they never have and when Chewie says that it was Finn's idea she realized oh crap these guys are my family now right these guys came back for me immediately that was that was, that was one of those tear, that was one of those tear up moments it was because like, oh, so they, awesome. they started hugging yeah they started hugging and and of course, Han being like yeah. the king of the one-liners was like, "Hey, you know, less hug and more shooting. Let's go." Yeah, hug later, escape yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. God, can we That's talk about how awesome Han Solo was in this movie, man? Han and Chewie. Oh my god! Yeah, when they showed up, they were on that junker, and uh, they they sucked him into the thing, and uh, I did not expect that. That was great. Ray is sitting there, kind of telling him what he already kind of knew, and they would they would kind of finish each other's sentences, and um, I'm like, "Are they related?" That's but another. That's that a lot of people are saying because she knew so much about the Millennium Falcon that yes. she has like a connection to it. Right. But to me, I mean, to me, that was mostly just the force, her unknowingly using the force. Because there's a scene after the whole Millennium Falcon TIE fighter thing with uh, Ray and Finn. When they get away, finally, she, they run up in the Millennium Falcon and he's like, how did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. So to me, it was like the force was oh, that's right. guiding her because she she doesn't realize how she did it. I like that. I was that was a pretty good. Uh, that was a nice touch. I think when when Han was smuggling those friggin' monsters and she breaks them loose on accident. I was like, yeah. she's like, whoops, that's wrong a good distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about action figures. As I start to watch the movie, I'm looking for the action figures that I already have. <laughs> That's what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, like Sarko Plank is one of the uh, scavengers on Jakku, and he's a he's a cool looking action figure. But I think I saw him for like a half second, forty That's... meters behind like Ray or Finn. <laughs> That's Star Wars for you, man. That's it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's six Star Wars in a nutshell. You're getting the full experience. Oh. Yeah, there's there's a figure from Return of the Jedi when they're talking about doing the run on the Death Star. He is basically and you can only see him on the letterbox version because he's mm -hmm. standing all the way to the side and they made a figure for him. Oh, absolutely. I remember having that figure going, where is he? And then in the letterbox version, he's just standing okay. off to the side. <laughs> Oh, it, it's one of the um, the Mon Calamari guys. I don't think so. It's an alien, but it, I don't think it's one of the. Uh, it's a trap, guys. <laughs> oh, okay, that's like uh, from Phantom Menace. Aura Singh is a cool-looking action figure and cool character, but uh, you see her for like three seconds during the pod race. <laughs> that's it i just want more action figures so we can relive this entire movie over and over <laughs> you can do the stop motion movie right, well we're on the subject man what'd you guys think of the practical effects the you know the cantina scene the aliens the the, the bigger creatures and the the blend of practical and cgi i thought that scene 
was a perfect nod to Mos Eisley because there's even some aliens that you can see from Mos Eisley, like that little werewolf-looking okay. guy. Mm-hmm. Even the band was pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, all right, they they were, band. all that was cool. I was waiting for them to say they don't serve droids. Yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> I was totally waiting for that. Let's talk about a few things here. First of all, the current politics that we're in, right? So it's about 30 years after the destruction of the second Death Star, right? Skywalker's gone. They're trying to find him. He's essentially the, uh, what do you call it, a MacGuffin? MacGuffin? Am I saying it? Is that wrong? I don't even know what a MacGuffin is. So yeah, hey, that's cool with It's me. like the thing in the movie that, that you're looking for that's going to like fix everything, right? It's like, oh yeah. so the First Order are essentially the remnants of the Galactic Empire, right? That's, that's, we're kind of left with the with the first of a few forces that are still kind of fighting trying to take the government back from the new republic right and the resistance is a small military force led by general organa which is kind of weird because you'd think the resistance would be the name of the first order if the the republic won i don't know that the name kind of throws me off a little bit but it i mean i guess it works you know what i mean the resistance is similar to the rebellion right we kind of keep those same tones that the original movies did right yes (laughs) (laughs) you guys are just killing it today (laughs) i know every time i go to talk it breaks up (laughs) you go into special (laughs) effects yes so you, you mentioned the pace earlier, right? It definitely moves at a very fast pace. There's very little breathing room, you know, in between the different scenes. And, and I loved it. I agree. I thought the pacing was very well done. We, we didn't hear a, a, a peep about the Galactic Senate, about any sort of blockade, about treaties, about <laughs> anything, dude. It was perfect. It was action. I like it. It was. And like you said, that uh, that first Millennium Falcon chasing with the TIE Fighters is insane. Dude, when... Okay, so, so each character gets like a cool introduction, right? The Millennium Falcon is really a character in and of itself. Absolutely. It's a freaking character. I don't care how you cut it and it is the first character that we're introduced to from from the old guard in a great scene when they're running out to the ship and finn's like what about that ship and she's like no that's a piece of it's a hunk of junk it's a hunk of junk right and their ship gets blown up and they go well the hunk of junk it is and the camera pans to the side and it's like boom i get that reference that's 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 the Millennium Falcon, right? You that was that was that up. was a stand up and cheer moment. It, it was, dude. Like you would have thought they would have like introduced Luke or Han or Chewbacca, but that moment when the the camera just quickly pans over and it's the Millennium Falcon is like a arms up in the air moment. They nailed it. They got it perfectly right. It was cool. Yeah, I agree. And I like the fact that when they're running towards the first ship that they're going to take off in, and he says, what about that ship? They don't, They like you said, they don't show it. She just looks over and goes, it's a piece of junk. And when they pan back, I mean, that just it's that nice. just made it awesome because you're like, I totally get the reference when she says that's a piece of junk. Yeah. And it was so well done. So well done. Yep. And that the whole scene with the Millennium Falcon and the TIE Fighters. Oh, so freaking cool. amazing. It's intense. It's awesome. And then when, when Han Solo finally gets on there and she's like, this is the Millennium Falcon that made the Kessel run in 14 parsecs. She's like, 12. 12. 12. Right. <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> and I like, and I like that even though the parsec thing is not actually being correctly blah, blah, used. Blah, 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 blah. No, I like that they did not look to fix it. They I still used it, even though, even though that word is incorrectly being used. You keep using the word. 
I don't think it means what you think it means. Right. They still used it. They didn't try to say, oh, let's just not acknowledge it. How they so? Still, How so? What do you mean? It's a, it's a measure of distance, not time. Yes. Oh. So when you say, right. I did it in 12 parasites or whatever, you're actually doing it in distance. So it's just legend at this point. That's why, I said, that's why I said the blah, blah, blah in the, the Family Guy Star Wars one. He's like, as in 12 parsecs, and then uh, the Luke character like, isn't parsecs a, a unit of it? And he goes, blah, 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 blah. And then everyone I didn't even know that. I don't even remember that. So that, that makes it even better that they just kept it in there as total legend. And I, I think one of my favorite parts of the Millennium Falcon fight had to be when the gun got stuck. Oh, that was perfect. And then she flies out and does that kind of like slow drop and puts the TIE fighter right in front of him. I was like, awesome. freaking amazing. Dude, how awesome, how awesome with it when Finn sits down in the turret and he's looking at all this like old targeting system, all this old gear, and he's like, all right, all right, I can do this. And it's just like, it looks so old and it works so perfectly because he just started using it. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny, but it's almost like uh, watching Finn get into that, that gunner seat that Luke took over. It's like watching a kid today try to figure out an Etch-A-Sketch in a payphone. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no hollow projector. It's just like yeah. buttons right out you of know. the 70s. <laughs> and you know what? And John Boyega, the, the actor that played Finn, he is such a good actor. I mean, all the scenes where he was doing the woohoos and the fist pumps, and yeah, it was awesome. not cheesy at all. He's fantastic, man. The viewer was essentially seeing the movie through his eyes, right? I guess that was kind of his point. He's kind of like oh yeah, this fresh character. You know, when I think of Finn and like how we're seeing the movie through his eyes, I almost feel like, uh, you know, in video games when you start off as uh, this like nameless character who just kind of gets dropped into the world. You, you know that, that classic scene in any video game when you're starting off and they're in and i'm thinking like fallout when they're like and what's your name and then you type in the character's name that was finn this is my story now you know what i mean see it through yeah. my eyes i, I thought and it was cool. oh named him oh that's right and he even did get a name didn't he yeah, yeah. So i was <laughs> like what's your name he's like fn 2187 fn what fn i'll call you finn that speaks to like anybody who's ever played any sort of video game is like yeah okay you know what i mean i just created my character going back to talking about like the millennium falcon being super old i like when he finn is sitting in the gun her seat like it's just jerking him around and stuff like this <laughs> it's not and she's like trying to fly it fly the millennium falcon and he's in there to get, like try to use this thing and he's like dunk, dunk. <laughs> i thought that was great that was so great it was even a nice touch when she was like, yeah, you try doing this without a co-pilot. And she's, you know, reaching over to try to get the shields up. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the second person that sits in the cockpit actually does. Chewbacca does actually something. does something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there. Right. I, I just picture like five characters like Han, Chewie, Luke, Ben, you know what I mean? C-3PO all sitting in the cockpit just like looking out. <laughs> It's like, who's, are you guys doing anything? And it's like, oh, they actually do do stuff. <laughs> Dude, and she lives in a, in a, in a burned out attic. Dude, that scene where you see her, like she's eating and stuff like that. And she's just kind of sitting there. And then they pan back to the attic in the sand. I lost my marbles, dude. I was like, oh my god, that's so awesome. I just want to know about the battle that happened. Yes. So I I did find one thing on on Wikipedia. It said that that crash Star Destroyer is the Inflictor. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was was crashed there on purpose to prevent the planet from being captured by the New Republic or something like that on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, that's cool. That that Star Destroyer actually has, of course, right? Like, Like something in Star Wars wouldn't. 
But I thought it was just that was a nice touch. That was pretty cool. Who's the supreme leader? Wasn't was his name Snope or Snoke? Snoke. It's Snoke. So do you think he's really that big, or do you think he's pulling? The well, he was projected. Of Oz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, I mean, he projects himself to be super huge. Do you imagine him being that big, or do you think he's projecting himself like the Wizard of Oz, like there's going to be a little guy behind the curtain? Like, like he's the opposite of, of of Yoda. Like Yoda's like, judge me by my size, do you? Oh, that's right. Good call. And he's like, yeah. look how big I am. Yeah, I think he's going to be normal size, but I think it's exactly what we were just saying that he's using it as an intimidation factor. Do you think you think they should have called him the the emperor? Did no. just calling him by his name Snoke that didn't kind of uh, throw you off a little bit? Well, it was funny because the emperor is is Darth Sidious. You know, the Sith is always we're always a Darth something. Yeah, so they really they really kind of get away from uh, Sith lore a little bit. I mean, just maybe even using the titles. You're right; they didn't they didn't call themselves Sith this or Master that. It was Supreme Lord Snoke and Kylo Ren and and what did they call his his little battalion? It was like um, the Knights, Knights of, of Ren. Knights of Ren. There you go. Oh, I thought they were they were they were saying that Kylo was. A knight of Ren, kind of like a Jedi knight, but like a Ren, like a knight of Ren. No, no, his is like the little the little group that he leads is the Knights of Ren. Yeah, that oh, was my impression. Okay. I took away from it was that there was the Sith. There's also like the Ren, like the Knights of Ren kind of thing. Oh, I'd have to look into that. I'm... Yeah, it's interesting that uh, we got different uh, takes out of that. So let's let's talk a little bit about Ren, man. I really like Kylo Ren as a villain in this movie, man. I do too. I'm glad he didn't die like Darth Maul did. <laughs> oh, you know, like, dude. Like Boba Fett did in Jedi. You know, oh. you get these cool, like, cool characters. And wasted. And gone for one movie. Yeah. Wasted. You waste them. You just wasted it. You wasted the coolest character. It could have been the big bad for the entire three movies. And 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 oh my god, dude! I don't want to start uh, a, a complaint fest about the uh, We're or, not gonna trilogy or the, the Star Wars is awesome. The prequels, yeah. <laughs> but yes, so they're keeping him around. And you got to imagine, okay, if if these movies kind of follow the same the same pace or the same tones or follow the same beats as the or, original trilogy, this next movie is going to be really dark, right? And Kylo's been yeah. embarrassed multiple times. Right when he picks up Ray, thinking they didn't need the droid, and then he gets beat by Ray. So he's he's going to be he's going to be bitter. And for as whiny as he was in the first one, I think he's going to go. He's, he's, he's going to be the difference between to use a, a, a Game of Thrones analogy: a young Joffrey versus a dude. What the hell is wrong with you, Joffrey? I think that's yeah. what we're going to see in, in the second movie. Hopefully, in the third one as well. I stopped watching Game of Thrones because of Joffrey. <laughs> really? That was a mistake. Yeah, but that was whatever. a huge mistake. Yeah, I couldn't stand him. Anyway, that was the uh, point, though. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, I know that they did a good job. Yeah. Now Ren's a cool character. It will be. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. Who is it that we love from the New Resistance that's going to be, you know, come to their fate because of him in the next movie if it follows the same kind of pattern? Oh, nobody. Hope to be yeah. honest with you, because I like everybody. I don't want to say anybody gets <laughs> uh, first. But you're right, uh, though. Dude, that, if, that new Death Star, that Starkiller base thing was... And it's funny that they called it Starkiller. Yep. You know, named after Luke's original last name. I get that reference. Yep. That's um, another one of those. Freaking massive. And they did a trench run again, and they... <laughs> I loved it. I, it. That didn't bother me at all. No, it didn't bother me either. I mean, it, it's the, to, to some extent, it makes sense, right? Like, okay, we built the first Death Star. Uh, that got blown up. Well, we'll fix it on the second Death Star. And then 30 years down the line, you know, you have this new generation that's like uh well you guys did it all wrong you didn't go big enough 
<laughs> Which is weird because when you look at technology, technology just gets smaller and smaller. Oh, not in the Star Wars universe. Not in the Star Wars universe. I think it also has to do with when you think of someone trying to be intimidating, you think of something big. Bad guys are like, well, the Death Star was really intimidating. What if we made something three times bigger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it charged up its gun by sucking the power out of the sun. That's oh. how you know your weapon's legit. And that's something I want to talk about real quick since we're talking about sucking the power out of the sun. That was probably one of my favorite moments is on the bridge with Kylo Ren and Han Solo where Ray and Finn have just walked in. The door's open. You can see the light. And if you look at Kylo Ren's face, half of it is lit and half of it is dark the way he's standing. And then as the sun goes out and then the whole room gets really dark, it's like to me, it's symbolizing he's giving into the darkness and he's about to do something really, really bad, which we know he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool that they did like some symbolism right there. It, al- it also seemed like he was just buying time for it to suck up all the energy out of the sun. I like the effects. I like how the weapon fired. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, how how it, 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 they, they really milked that blast kind of shooting from the planet. Oh. Going through space. It destroyed everything on it. (laughs) Real quick, though. One thing. All the trailers leading up to the movie, every single one of them, are all using that Inception sound effect. Did you notice that? That, like, that. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Every single one of them. Well, they've been, Hollywood's been doing that since Inception came out. They they do that. I know they have. Yeah. But every trailer of of the four or five previews that showed, every single one of them had it. You're like... (laughs) <laughs> like that's like that's like everything using the Jaws sound effect. Like, or what about summer. the uh, Wilhelm scream? The what? The Wilhelm scream. What is the Wilhelm scream? <laughs> oh, you, you can have to Google. You don't know? And do it. It's in like Google every it. movie. Every movie. It's even in Star Wars. Yeah, it's in all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> it's just an old canned scream that when you once you know what it is, you can't unhear it when you're watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it totally takes you out of it. Like, ah, there's the Wilhelm scream. You know, there's like this serious fight and then you hear it i'm sorry to go off track here i know we're just kind of going everywhere so we're just going to go with that kind of conversation but how awesome and humanized were stormtroopers in this movie man oh i oh, love yeah, that totally dude i think this is the coming out movie for stormtroopers where they're not just like total blaster fodder even in the in the uh, prequel trilogy they were all clones they were all kind of robots like they just would fall yes. left and right and you didn't care because they were like they're just clones now they're children that have been taken and yeah in any of the other star wars movies you never see any of them give any form of emotion but in yep. this one like you see that one guy when he meets up with fen and he goes traitor and throws his shield down gets oh, that one weapon thing that was, and i was like emotion right there yep he recognized he recognized finn and he yeah. it, it, i mean it, it totally humanized him this is someone that that finn knew pissed. that knew finn and he was pissed yeah how about captain phasma dude is she crushed by the trash compactor <laughs> they threw her down the trash yeah. compactor i thought that was pretty funny and he's you know the I funny thing that. is that he's he's he, he worked in sanitation so yeah. he and would know he would know <laughs> Like when he says, I work sanitation, I was like, trash compactor. That's why he smiled and was like, yeah, there is one. Yeah, we actually do yes. have one. She's, did we have, she's not dead. There's no way she's dead. No, I don't think she is dead. I think um, I think there's... I, ha- I have the Captain Phasma action figure. And that, that to me was almost like a Darth Maul or Boba Fett moment where you've got this awesome, hard-to-find action figure that everyone is talking about and everybody wants. I'm like, wait a minute. I think Captain Phasma is, has been planted. I mean, there's a lot of, um, of world-building and character-building in this movie, right? So we 
can't get to everybody's story like right, right away. And I think Captain Phasma, we just got just a tiny little taste of, of who she is. You know, we just see her her look. We know that she's some sort of an officer. She's Finn's officer. She knows who Finn is. You know what I mean? She's she's this very strict kind she's of military. Chrome. Yes. She's yeah. Chrome. She's Chrome. This has got to be Chrome for a reason. I, I, they're not. And plus, the, I mean, the, the one saving grace to Phasma, as far as the character goes, is that she's played by a well-known actress where they didn't just get Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones just because she's tall. They could put anybody. Well, in. dude, Daniel Craig is the first order trooper that lets Ray <laughs> out of her. <laughs> Which yeah. was an awesome scene, dude. That was such a good scene. Like, Wait, what did you say to me? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, yeah. No, I'm not going to let you out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best part, though, was he goes, and I'll drop my gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the scene where 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 Kylo Ren comes back, right? And she's gone. Yeah. And he throws his fit, and then the, oh, like yes. the two the two <laughs> nope troopers are like, nope. <laughs> just yeah, like the they walk around the, the corner, corner like <laughs> going in there. Yeah, That's dude, that was awesome. perfect. Dude, I'm telling you, man, stormtroopers they they're definitely humanized. You know, this is the type of humor. That scene right there with the two stormtroopers is the type of humor that you want, not the friggin' battle droids that make you know crack one line as they're getting destroyed. Roger, Roger. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, bring it back a little bit, bring it back a little bit. That was one of my favorite scenes. This, this movie is full of, of good scenes. Like, if you just sit here, we could just, <laughs> yeah, dude, we could just sit here and talk about like, and this scene, and this scene, and this scene, and it's like, uh, it'll be interesting to see where, where Poe is from, you know? Yeah, there's something with Poe, because he's the quote-unquote best pilot in the uh, Resistance. Yeah. Yes. There we, we there were there's been a couple pretty good pilots. Oh no, he's he's uh, the in, best in the franchise so far. Yeah. One was Anakin Skywalker had this innate ability to fly things, and and then uh, Luke Skywalker wasn't too bad in a T sixteen Skyhopper when he was bullseyeing Womp Rats like Beggars Canyon. Back home. <laughs> That's the thing. So if you look at Anakin. What did he have? He had the Force. Force, yep. When you look at Luke, what did he have? He had the Force. When you look at Rey, what did she have? The Force. I really hope that they keep Poe as a non-Force user, just a damn good pilot. Just like Han was, you know, a, a good smuggler. You know, he was the best. And Han was a good yeah. pilot, too. Like he, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he knew a well, couple maneuvers. When the Millennium Falcon worked, he was a good pilot. Yeah. He could, he could lift the lead to the left. But I mean, there there were characters that weren't force users that were the best. At Look Boba at Wedge. Fett. Yes, exactly. Wedge is a hero on Yavin. He was a, he was uh, he was a hero on Hoth. My point is that I hope they keep Poe as a non-force using pilot, just the best pilot in the galaxy. Super cocky, super capable, super confident. You know when when Finn is breaking him out at the opening break, and he's like, "Don't be nervous, don't be yeah. nervous." Stay calm, like, stay, yeah, calm. stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. And he's like, "I am calm. I am. I'm talking to myself." That, but that moment where Poe is just like i am calm it's perfect dude. dude how about when they go to take off in the tie fighter it's still connected <laughs> that was awesome that that is really telling because this is the best fighter pilot in new republic resistance. or whatever in the resistance and he's basically letting you know that whoa my my x-wing isn't as fast as this this, this yeah. is fast yeah. you know they're, they're glass cannons just like everything else in the, the friggin that the empire or the uh <laughs> first order uses you know they got they pack a punch they might be fast but do they get blown up easily just like they're freaking death stars <laughs> <laughs> getting and so that's the thing so when they went after the uh the star killer why didn't they use like y wings 
because Y wings are the superior bombers. That, that's you know what I mean. So, so does <laughs> does the resistance? Do they even have Y wings anymore? Dude, it didn't look like it. I mean, they look like okay. So oh, it was it was strictly X wings. That's all they yeah. had. So yeah. the resistance is essentially a small military force. The New Republic has basically given uh, General Organa like a little force to be like here, handle. You know, you guys go out there. You fight. It's almost like you look over and like you've got this resistance who they're just kind of scraping together what was whatever was left over my impression with her force was that's not even like politically sanctioned like to me it reminded me of like when you know the americans rebelled against the british right. and they just took what they had the small force of people against the british army it feels like that they are not sanctioned they have no backing or anything like that that might be it i mean they honestly they, they i can totally see you know on the political side of them not wanting to back another military campaign after already defeating the empire right so a bunch of politicians and senators and all these saying, you know, the war is over. Why are we spending any more time and resources on this? But Leia, knowing what she knows. Leia has seen firsthand what can happen. Yeah. If the dark side, you know, rises up again. I mean, the, the reason that Luke left was because he was trying to start his new Jedi Academy, right? And his nephew kind of wrecked everything, killed all his Jedi. There's this common thread with the Skywalkers, and they have a kind of a history where they get they get tempted by the dark side. They have it in them. Anakin, Luke, you know, kind of flirted yeah. with it in Empire when he's, you know, uh, chopping down uh, Darth Vader and cut his hand off. And then he looks over at the Emperor, and the Emperor's got like... A full you know what i mean watching him destroy Good. yeah exactly and then luke's like oh snap i gotta pull it back a little bit and he, he couldn't help ben solo like come back from that he completely lost him so i bet you there's a little bit of guilt and and even maybe luke kind of questioning whether he can you know pull himself out and then you even get in episode four you get uncle owen saying he has too much of his father in him yeah and then in episode yes. seven han solo says he has too much vader in him when he's talking about kylo ren mm-hmm Right. So you, they're, they're already talking about both of them had made made reference. And that was a nice touch with Kylo Ren fighting the pull from the light side. How about that? That was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like this dude's this dude is is constantly fighting off like being a good guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anakin was redeemed right at at the end of Vampire. So there's yeah. there's both good and and bad in in these guys. Yeah. They're not they're not one sided at all. They they have the ability for redemption. Him and uh, uh, Kylo and Leia. She Think she would be the next sacrifice or maybe she's what brings him back if anyone's gonna save him it's gonna be ren I think so she's not ren. Gonna, no yeah yeah uh, ray we're ray. gonna find out that ray is is a skywalker and, and or they're gonna have like the incestuous kiss thing again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a nod to to yeah. the original yeah. trilogy <laughs> hey ray is pretty and i would go to the dark create, side create, like a uh created jealousy between kylo ren and finn <laughs> right? And Finn's all confused. Like, no, don't worry, we're cousins. You're what? <laughs> oh, that makes it better. <laughs> yeah. Well that that's how that's how Han found out, right? He was like, Yeah, you got it in for this guy. You got it in for Luke. And she's like, No, he's my brother. He's like, ah, oh, gross. And then they kissed. <laughs> <laughs> if we're following the uh, you know the trends of the original and the prequel trilogies the 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 female protagonist right she's introduced in innocently enough right Leia and and Queen Amidala and then later on we see them kind of get a little more sexualized right with yeah. the oh, yeah, slave yeah. bikini and uh, then the white outfit that that Amidala has into the, the arena yeah exactly yeah. and she's got all of a sudden her midriff is showing and stuff yeah. do you think we'll see the same with Rey or do you think they'll 
will kind of keep her as a... I don't know. and It's not necessary. They don't need to do that. If they do, they do. We have no control over it. But Leia was also a bad... Yep, yep. And so was Amidala slash Padme. They were all very strong female characters. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to build her character any. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, have, to have her dressed differently or in uh, a Black Widow type outfit, you know? Yeah. But, so you would be the first to complain if they put her in a slave race no, outfit? No, I'm not going to complain. I mean, <laughs> you know, if they're going to put her in an outfit because the story calls for it. Like, yeah. like with, with Jabba's Palace, that was Slave Leia. All these people want to complain about it and have toys pulled off the shelf. I'm like, you, you, did you never see them? That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know? and the story called for it. She was captured by a total scumbag. A, a gangster who, who would who would totally, you know, be misogynistic in that yeah. way. And, and, and so, she ended up killing him. She ended up choking him. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. got yeah. what was coming. Yeah, totally. That's absolutely. <laughs> and and by her hands, you know what I mean? She's yeah, right. the one that did it. It's not like any you know, somebody else or you know, whatever. She's the one that choked him out, which was pretty and, cool. And the best part about that is she did it with the very thing that he imprisoned her oh, with. Oh, that's right, with her yeah, chains. Right. With, the, with the chains. Like, she didn't shoot him or anything like that. Yeah. She used the very chains. She choked him with that. her bonds. Good call. I didn't, even, I didn't even consider that, how deep that, that scene was. Star Wars just got you way know, deeper. Yeah. probably didn't consider it either when he wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, what, no happens. <laughs> this is like, what happens when fans are like, no, there's a lot of symbolism here. Yeah. No, there's not. It just happened that way. <laughs> right? And Lucas is just counting his money like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. You know, well, one thing you have to remember, too, is is George Lucas didn't write the entirety of the original trilogy. I think he wrote A New Hope, and then afterwards there was a collaboration. It was a collaboration. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan did uh, Empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and Lucas himself always admitted he and he's like I'm terrible at dialogue. Yeah, you look his dialogue is coarse and it gets everywhere. This movie felt like a true to life sequel. You know, somebody the other day said, "Oh, Star Wars is back." I'm like, Star Wars has never been gone. Well, not not to not to us. Right, no, us, I Star Wars has never been off the radar <laughs> for some people. Yeah, but, uh, I think the the original uh, or I'm sorry the the prequel trilogies left a lot of people with bad taste in their mouth. Right, so they and I think that's because a lot of people just want to have a reason to be about something. I love the prequels. I'll sit there and watch them over and over and over again because it's Star Wars and it's fun. Oh man, I wish I had the same. I I could see the world through your eyes. Yeah, that's because you're really, really enthusiastic that you're saying people want to be about it. Some of us have a valid reason for not liking it. Like the Phantom Menace. My problem wasn't even Jar Jar Binks. It was Jake Lloyd, the guy who played Anakin, the kid. Yes. To me, I would have got more out of a cardboard box. (laughs) Every time he was on the screen, I was out of the movie. He's just he just wasn't a good kid actor to me. Bad child actors could definitely yeah take you out of a movie, man, quickly. That to me was very Star Wars. It wasn't bad a, child actors. <laughs> I mean, other than other than uh, was it Peter Cushing who was Grand Moff Tarkin? There weren't a lot of seasoned actors in those movies. Um, you know, because Harrison Ford was fairly new. Yes, well, Alec, <laughs> okay, that was the one. Of them, yes. No one knew Carrie Fisher. Uh, Harrison yeah. Ford is a construction guy. Yeah, Mark Hamill was unknown basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot of young, young actors, and it, it and did so seem like see, it was even like Jake Lloyd. But there was but, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's oh, the of thing. Of course, I, I, I'm waiting for Samuel L. Jackson to show up in these new movies. In <laughs> He'll do it. He sh- I wouldn't even be upset if it turns out that he's like because he's supposed to be in every movie. If he, if it turns out that you, you like you go into like uh, I don't know some some slum of of Coruscant or something. 
or or wherever, right? And he's just like, there's this like black dude without an arm, just kind of hanging <laughs> out, just kind of bumming what it a around. Sign. Hey, you know these Jedi's? They go, they go into, um, they go into seclusion. You know, when they get Ew. they get beat down, they disappear. So they they don't handle failure very well. <laughs> well not at all. <laughs> I'm not sure Corsicon is the best planet to hide at. It's kind of the most populated planet. Yeah, but that's yeah. Uh, you know it's a good place to hide. I mean, if you, well, you, if you can, go, you can be a, a, a needle in a haystack. Exactly. The, the Jedi don't handle failure well. No, no, they go remote. <laughs> when they <laughs> they go to like tiny islands in the middle of ocean planets and swamp. Oh, they go planets, to Dagobah, desert planets. Yeah, yeah, they just get lost. Get, get your life together, man. <laughs> You're a freaking a, Jedi. So, do you, do you guys feel like Han played kind of the Obi Wan Kenobi role, right? Where he was kind of like the mentor. Yeah, a little bit, right? Did you guys catch that? Although it was, it was more like, hey, I'll, I'll hire you on. You, you'd be good on my crew. Oh, he he um, offered Luke a job in in the uh, original in the original trilogy as well. You're pretty good in a gunfight. Exactly. So he, you know, he, but I, you know, I think, I think Han also, he's, he's a savvy dude. He knows who he was dealing with. If Ray really is somebody special, I think he knew, like, oh, I know who you are. Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's been around the family long enough at that point. Exactly. Do you think he knew that Kylo Ren would take his life? I think he did. I think he did. Just like Ben Kenobi did. It was in the witness of the person they were mentoring, whether it be Luke Skywalker or Ray. Yeah, good parallel. Good catch. I didn't I didn't really uh, consider that. And oh, how- my God. Star Wars just got so much deeper again. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's just all these little beats and notes in the movie where it's like, oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. That was no, This is why we got to go watch it like 40 more times. Yeah. Get all the well, action I'm... figures and relive it with action figures. <laughs> with action figures. <laughs> these three and three quarter inch action figures are fantastic. They're molded so nicely. They have the articulation of the original ones from 1977, but I'm not mad about it. I was at first, but I've come around. Do you take them out of the package? Because I we, all your pictures, these... are they're mounted. No, on no, no. Vintage carded ones stay on the card. These, these aren't vintage. These aren't going to have any value that's kind of funny i said that back in 1980 when i opened mine (laughs) well those weren't called vintage back then exactly (laughs) and i'm 42 and i'm playing with action figures (laughs) at least you don't call them toys right or dolls they're action figures action figures look they they can they can do action they, we can even though their elbows it. and knees don't bend they're action figures that, that's what i'm saying it's like they are they had the articulation that the uh, the original one original yeah point. that's it man it's like they lift you know what i mean no flexibility whatsoever none none <laughs> whatsoever swole tie your shoes i can't look I can't. at the flex bro i have velcro velcro <laughs> shoes <laughs> I just wear slippers everywhere. Slip-ons, bands, dude. <laughs> Going back to the the bridge scene, right to the the little catwalk. I wanted to, to mention that I was really impressed and and kind of thrown back a little bit by how powerful Chewbacca came off of seeing Han get murked, right? So he gets killed, Han falls over, and then you forget that Chewbacca's watching too, and he lets out this growl. And I was like, oh, Chewbacca really showed a lot of emotion in that scene, man. It really kind of it it, it it snapped me out of that scene and then and then he nails him with the bowcaster right in the right in his which is face. funny that that han never really ever tried the bowcaster before until now i, I thought it was hilarious i loved when when han kept using the bowcaster and kept asking him for it i and know it was awesome the lasting dudes where he was like whoa that that's actually pretty impressive that was a total setup for how powerful that bowcaster was when he nailed kylo ren in the riz right and kylo took it so yeah. you know the dude can take a hit well 
you even see him when he's fighting Ray and he's hitting his side. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it Yeah, he keeps, he keeps. Yeah, I like Chewbacca. I'm a huge Chewbacca fan. Uh, he's ne- I mean, they they try to sell him as being like this this you know seven foot just beast of a of you know of, of a character. But I never really honestly felt like he was uh, like a wild animal, right? He's always kind of kept it under control. But they say yeah. sell him as such. They'll be like, oh, he'll rip your arms off. You know what I mean? He'll he'll go right. crazy if you don't don't make don't make a Wookiee mad. But that scene where he lets off that scream, it was it just I don't know, man. It kind of shocked. Oh, so primal, yeah. Yeah, it was really primal. Like that was that was his bud. It, even his banter, Chewie's banter throughout the movie was really good. When he was getting patched up and when, yeah. like <laughs> when he's like choking Finn, and Finn's like he's already trying to kill me six times or seven times <laughs> and he grabs him and pulls him close like but that's okay <laughs> yeah but that's okay yeah the chewy thing was actually kind of funny because even when he's at the nurse and the nurse is like you sound so brave you know just like a little kid who's complaining you know yeah. and, this, and then right. this happened oh you're you know so brave exactly then, he, he always came off as kind of a big softy to me i don't know why yeah. he seemed like a really caring nice character he's not really gonna rip your arms off but they're gonna try you know han's gonna try to tell you you gotta convince you that he can rip your arms off or maybe yeah. he could, but he's not gonna do it but in he's that got the scene, strength he, to do it he's got the strength to do it but he's never seemed like the, the uh, type of character that would be capable of doing something like that. where they're on the star killer and he says you know and he goes, oh you're cold yeah yeah it was awesome dude <laughs> <laughs> Dude, totally. That's but, yeah, seeing, but seeing Han Solo die, it's like you're 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 kind of snapped back to reality about mortality. Yeah. Because you forget while you're watching it, like, oh, well, they're the main character. I didn't watch any trailers beyond the first trailer. I didn't read any articles. I, I had I went into this movie clean. I, I wasn't yes. expecting anything to happen. So that scene actually hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't think they were going to go through with it. I never thought for a second that they would kill off one of the main characters. It kind of blew me away. The two people that I never, ever, ever would have thought would die were Luke and Han. Like, I, I could see Chewie dying. I could see Luke. Leia dying. Anyone else I can see dying, but Han and Luke, I thought would be the consistent all the way through. C-3PO and R2, they're, they're still the only two that have been in all seven. They're still kicking it. Yeah, they're still going at it. Yep. We just got to figure out what the red arm is. They've already fixed it. Did you not catch that? No. So when they... When C-3PO is first talking to BB-8, he says, oh, yeah, you know, I need to get my arm fixed. And you still see him later on with a red arm. But at the very end, when Ray and Chewie take off and they're all waving and he's front and center, he's got his gold arm back. I didn't like, catch that. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Third viewing, I caught it. <laughs> and they, they explained the oh. red arm. They explained the red arm in the comics, in the, in the Marvel comic series. Yeah. They explained how he got it. I, I haven't seen it, but I, I know that that's part of the C-3PO R2-D2 series. C-3PO yeah. was uh, – this this movie really got introductions right. Han and Chewie, the Millennium Falcon, Luke – and C-3PO's reintroduction was perfect, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. Just, a new, just in a way. Just annoying. Just, there to kill, just to kill the kill the mood. Even the characters were like, dude, <laughs> shut up. How rude. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I love that they acknowledged it. You know what I mean? And they, they didn't even really – they just stared at him like, dude, what the – that. And then he looks back. He looks back and he goes, oh, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only person who didn't get a good intro was R2. They pulled the tarp off and dunk, dunk, dunk. Ah, he's in low power mode. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, that was weird. I honestly think that they did it, just didn't know what to do with them. They couldn't fit them anywhere in the story, right? Like, but they still had to use them for the maps somehow. So I think they yeah. just went with, oh, he's in low power mode. He's been that. Way. He's been like in droid depression for the last. Maybe that's why when Ray comes around, he senses Luke and Ray. He right? He has some something woke him up. But, uh, yeah, BB-8's an awesome droid. Yeah. Uh, I like when when uh, when Ray was walking down the stairs at the castle and and BB-8 <laughs> was following her down the stairs and like. <laughs> Looking, looking down, that was a nice touch. He was looking down at every step that he was going down. Like, kept looking down, took a step. I was just, it was just cool. It was just a nice little kind of background thing that, that was really funny. To me, they did so much right with BB-8. Like when they're flying around the Millennium Falcon and he's just oh, rolling he around. He's, around. He's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. He finally does a thing with the, like the little tentacles, the cable yes, arms. That was great. Probably my favorite moment in the Star Wars thing is when Finn is talking to BB-8 about you got to tell her where the base is at. Man. You have to tell her where the base is at. And he's like, you know, I'm not with the resistance, blah blah blah, but I can get you there first. You just have to help me here. He's negotiating and he's yeah. looking back at Ray and then looking back at Finn, like, oh, what what, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> yes. I love it. He gives him the thumbs up and then BB-8 whips out the little arm and turns off. <laughs> I was like, that is awesome. Like, so stupid, so small, so trivial, but I freaking loved it. Yeah, even when they first find Finn and Finn's on the ground and he's like, that's his master's jacket. And he starts zapping him like, (laughs) where'd you get the jacket? Right. (laughs) Perfect. All right, guys, I got to sign out of here. All right, brother. All right, Chad. Good good to talk to you guys. Thanks for joining us, man. We got to go play with action figures now. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of your system. Hey, the force be with you. The force be with you. But yeah, man, I don't know. I think think this movie hit all the the right notes. Um, Yes, it was definitely a a rehashing of the uh, of a new hope but i think it did it in in the right way right so some some of the similarities are the you know the the planets and the backdrops right of course we don't do the the different planet names but essentially you have like uh is it jakku it's very similar to tatooine and it's ray's home planet and of course she's like this uh scavenger She's a scavenger, but she's also a an orphan who is kind of kind of abandoned by her family. She doesn't really know where she comes from. Uh, the only the only difference is that where Luke was looking to leave the planet and dreamed of leaving the planet one day, uh, she, she, right, right? she didn't want to go. She wanted to stay. Yeah, kind of was. She was. She chained herself to that rock, hoping that her family would come back and all that. And that was that was such a great line with uh, Finn when he was like, "Why does everyone?" Come yeah. Back to <laughs> Finn's, poor Finn's just trying to get as far away as possible and everyone's trying to bring him back. Yeah, but again, and you know, similar themes where the, you know, there's just some secret plans, you know, plans XYZ are almost, you know, captured by the, or everybody's looking for these secret plans and, and it's up to a droid to get him to the, the rebellion place. or the resistance or, you know, to get him off planet. So very similar, you know, set of circumstances like A New Hope. Also, of course, the Starkiller base is essentially the Death Star on steroids. You know, they made it bigger. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that they blew it up because now what are they? Are they going to do a second Star Killer base? Yeah, <laughs> right. They're like, well, we saved a fragment of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> 
Dude, that's a huge undertaking. So even 30 years is still a very short amount of time to make a planet into a weapon with, you know, they don't have the same amount of resources they did when it was the Empire. So do you think they perhaps use some sort of like ancient existing structure? I mean, is that is that kind of a little too fanboyish to start? No, I mean, because if you think about it, you have like Kylo Ren and Snook who are obviously still powerful with the dark side stuff and they mentioned hey luke went to go find where the first jedi temple was what if kylo ren and snook know where like the sith version of that is at yeah what if they did find a some sort of a an ancient sith base that was like just lying dormant there was a huge weapon you know okay we're going way fanboyish here what if even palpatine knew about it and didn't know where it was but built his own right so he built yeah. the copy and snoke and them actually found it where it was found like, it. Yeah, this is what they were looking for i didn't mind that it was so similar to the um death star and the new hope and all that i was okay with it and some more similarities are the of course the cantina scene in Mazka. Kanata's castle again like as we talked earlier it hit, it hit those same notes with the weird aliens and the you know scum and, and villainy and all that I, I liked it I, yeah. I think it was cool yeah and what I liked I mean it was because I am a huge fan of the original bounty hunters that we see in Empire and right when they walk in there's that Triscodorian whatever hunter the same dude as Bosk basically yep. oh no, he's really yeah and he's wearing basically Bosk's outfit he's got that yellow jumpsuit with the white thing where the chick is sitting on his arm, and then she gets up and says, I found the droid. Oh. That dude is the same alien race as Bosk. With the tusks? Yes. No, that dude was huge, though. He's just an overweight version. I mean, if you <laughs> look at really? me and like some other skinny dude, I'm still a human. <laughs> I'm just fat. <laughs> You're a variety of human? <laughs> I'm a variety of a human. Okay. Instead of tusks, I have a huge beard. <laughs> Good point. I twirl them into tusks. Good point. Good point. Uh, that was that was a pretty cool scene. I was hoping that 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 big alien dude was. I mean, you you kind of you see these cool looking uh, aliens in all the movies, and you're like, wow, why don't they use that guy more often? He looked cool. Yeah. No. Speaking of that, this is right along that same line. So you know when Finn goes to those two guys, says, "Hey, you can take me to the outer rim." Yes. I want to know more about the dude with the red mask. He was cool looking, right? He was cool looking. I was like, oh, cool. You know, we're gonna see more of this dude. He looks pretty cool. And then they're like, oh, I'm gonna go help him again. I was like, oh man. <laughs> you just gave me a Boba Fett. I see him for like 10 seconds and then he, that's it. Yeah. But you know what? I, I think Disney uh, Disney knows what they're doing, man. There's We're, we're going to see these characters in the comics, in the animated series, in the spin-offs. Action figures. Action figures. Well, the, the aliens, anyways. I don't know if they're yeah. the same characters, but the other movies have done the same thing with the Thorians and, and all the, the Bothans and all these other creatures that have kind of grown out of the original movies that were essentially just like throwaway characters and fans have liked them. So you know, they've brought well, yeah. it back for the shows and stuff. And I think that's kind of what they do, right? They design a bunch of aliens. They throw them all into a cantina and say which one's going to take off yeah exactly but, which toy is going to sell yeah we will come up with something if that one takes off so. oh yeah and then I think the major story similarity is the we have another father-son story, right? I mean, the Star Wars movies are definitely family affairs. And we have another father-son story. This time, it's the opposite. Now, this time, the son is the one that falls to the dark side when the you know opposite is true of A New Hope. We still have a conflicting light side, dark side, father-son type of a story with Sorry. a sacrifice. Yeah. Have we mentioned yet in the hour that we've been talking about who Kylo Ren is in relation to Han? So, like, have we officially said it? I don't no, know. I think we just kind of jumped into the conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So, so Kylo Ren he, is the son of, of Leia and Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. Biggest spoiler. <laughs> it's spoiler alert if, yeah, by now. So speculation, which one would you say is the bigger spoiler? Han Solo dying or Kylo Ren being Han and Leia's son? Like, which one would you, if you had to rate which one was the bigger moment, which one would you rate higher? Han Solo dying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, they, they also had, it's fu- kind of funny, They they speaking of similarities, they had a uh, Luke, I am your father moment, but it was it was opposite. It was Kylo is our son. Yeah. Right. That was that was yep. their, that was their <laughs> their like and and they didn't they didn't really make it a huge reveal like they did in the original trilogy. But I mean, when when I know I was shocked when I heard that there was a son. I mean, I knew he he was going to be something. Right. He was related to someone. You knew that. Yes. 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 I just didn't think they 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 came out with a lot of information right off the bat. That was one of my we talked about it before we recorded that was one of my qualms that i thought a revealed i thought snook revealed it too soon when he said you know bb8 is in the is in the millennium falcon in the possession of your father han solo i would have liked it more if he had said you know bb8 is in the millennium falcon is that going to be a problem with you so then the the viewer is like well what does kylo ren have to do with with the millennium falcon like is it because luke was there han what what is going on and then they could have alluded to it yeah yeah and then when um, you know, everything happens on Maz's uh, planet cantina thing. And, you know, Leia comes down and then she comes out and they talk and hug. I would have liked it if Han Solo at that point said, I saw him. I saw our son. And I, right. to me, that would have been more impactful because you're getting more emotion out of the character versus some big hologram going, your father has it. Yeah. You know, I was just like, ah, oh, you blew that load way too soon. Yeah. They give you a lot of Kylo Ren. Uh, they revealed a lot of him early on, right? Even even like you mentioned earlier, him taking his mask off was like, oh, as soon as as soon as his mask piece started coming off, I thought, wow, we're, we're getting to see his face pretty early on in this early, uh, yeah. in the trilogy. Yeah. That was the other thing. I wish they would have. I thought they blew that too soon, too. Like, I would have liked that to be revealed. But I do think that they, they, they revealed a lot of the character's psyche, right? So where, oh, yeah. where Darth Vader needed his mask as as a uh, for survival breathing yeah. for breathing he couldn't live without it kylo we find out is kind of just using that as as an intimidation he's kind of seeing what worked with his grandfather right he kind of idolizes his grandfather he wants to try to catch you know capture that lightning in a bottle that vader had but you can see that it, it's not the same for kylo he doesn't have as much uh country there's more insecurities with him right so yeah we get that right off the bat yeah, and that's what I liked. I liked that just because you wear this mask and it's all black and you're in a black robe, that's not what makes you scary to people. They see you being emotionally unstable, like having a temper tantrum like you're eight years old. And and you got to imagine that. I mean, Kylo or, or Ben Solo, he was born to royalty. So yeah. where Anakin was born a slave on a yep. desert planet and, you know, he... He had to be hard. He had to be hard. Uh, ben was kind of probably pampered. You know, he was yep. probably pampered. He was probably a little wuss and it kind of comes out kind yeah. of comes out shows a little bit yeah i get the feeling he he feels entitled you know what i mean yes oh yeah because he's royal and he's like this should all be mine i should be the most powerful everything should just bow to me and yep. when it doesn't 
like a spoiled child. You don't know how to react, so he has a temper tantrum. He throws a fit. Yeah, he yeah. throws a fit. And, you know, the rest of, you know, where where Vader used to just walk in and just force choke someone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, use his intimidation that way. It, Kylo can't control it. He just lashes out like a little kid. There's this um, little excerpt from an interview that J.J. Abrams did where he's kind of uh, explaining Kylo, and I'm, I'm going to read it. It says, uh, Kylo Ren idolizes Darth Vader, not Anakin Skywalker. He idolizes what Vader represents and what Vader was trying to do and the idea that Vader didn't succeed. If you look at it from Ren's point of view, he was seduced by an enemy and failed because of that seduction. So the idea is that Ren wants to complete that thing that Vader started. So he kind of sees Vader as being seduced by the light side. Right? He doesn't know Anakin. Yeah. He doesn't really or maybe he does, right? Maybe he does know the history of Anakin Skywalker but what he sees is he sees Vader being this Darth powerful Sith who was seduced by the light side at the end and kind of turned on his on his own people and kind of messed everything up for the the empire and you've got to imagine that like han and leia and possibly luke you know because we don't know how much interaction luke had probably told him about vader like how you know yeah he was dark da, 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 but he turned to the light side he he did good i imagine kylo knows everything about Vader. I can see them giving Kylo a watered down filtered version where they tr they keep out a lot of details right to try to protect him. Because of that, the Supreme uh, Supreme Leader gave him uh, a different story which he bought. I really like Kylo Ren's character as being this flawed very human, you know very insecure kind of a, a character. Again, to, you know to harken back to uh, Wilson Fisk, even Kilgrave in the Netflix series, right? Like these aren't oh, these yeah. aren't perfect villains. These are no. sort of messed up individuals, and it's all like serious, like mental issues. Yeah, <laughs> Kylo is a reflection of all that too. I mean, Wilson Fisk definitely had a mental issue. Freaking Purple Man, Kilgrave mm -hmm. had an obsessive issue. And then Kylo is like just an emotional wreck. Totally emotional wreck, man. And then he has uh, Vader's helmet, right? Which, which I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that he had a, a similar reaction to that helmet, like Ray had with the lightsaber, where the light side of the Force kind of spoke to Ray, and she had this like moment. I would like to think that uh, Kylo probably had the same thing with Vader's helmet, and yeah. that may have led him on his path. Since you mentioned when Ray touched the lightsaber, one thing I really, really 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 liked and i was really worried about it is the lightsaber fight it went back to the more classic feel not like jumping around like a bunch of gymnasts it went back to like feeling like a sword fight good freaking point man great point and there were stakes it was a high stakes fight right because you had these dudes that weren't really polished sword fighters it really was just holy I have the sword in my hand. I'm going to try to defend myself and hit the other guy. That yep. was it. There was yep. no choreography. And, and and I was really worried that they might have killed one of the three characters at this point. I was thinking that they, you know, they could have possibly gone the way of Darth Maul and killed Kylo. Finn was such like an, an innocent character that you were totally invested in that they could have killed him as well. Finn is the one I would have worried about. Yeah. Because to make Rey like realize how serious it was that there you, you go. killed the most innocent person there you go 
You're right. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So the entire lightsaber fight, it really felt like, dude, hit him, move, hit him, move, get yeah. out of the way. Like, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, dude. What are you doing? It was really, really good. And and then it, it was just, it really felt like they were trying to hit each other instead of just like cons- constantly smacking blades like in the original, or I'm sorry, in the prequel trilogies. Yeah. You never really felt that that Anakin and Obi-Wan in the, the prequel movies were trying to hit each other they were kind of doing a, a, a dance, dance like, right exactly yeah like you know obi-wan didn't want to strike down anakin he wanted to i don't know i don't know what he wanted to tire him down or, or you know uh, incapacitate him but this fight felt like dude these guys are really hacking away at each other yeah they're they're like swinging hard at one another yeah yeah heavy swings too man you really felt it i was really hoping like the scene where uh, Ray and Kylo Ren are fighting, where they grab each other's hands and they're like sitting there like trying to struggle. And then she brings her lightsaber down and I thought she was going to cut his hand off, but she apparently just knocks his lightsaber out of his hand and then kicks him. I thought she did cut his hand off. No, because he stands back up. Oh. Yeah, I thought she was going to cut his hand off because okay. then I thought that would have been symbolic yeah. of him being like Luke getting yeah. his hand chopped off. Oh, dude, I totally have to watch that again. I thought she chopped his hand off. Yeah, I'll have to look again. I've seen it three times and I kept looking and they don't show it but to me it looks like he just drops his saber and he shows him laying in the snow and it doesn't look like he's clenching his hand like you would think like Luke yeah. Did. Grab it, yeah. So, do you think Ray was a little overpowered for being so so new to the Force and all that? There is there is a person on Twitter who was ranting and raving how if Ray was in the Matrix, she would make the jump across the buildings on the first leap and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it was because without realizing it, she was really strong in the Force, like she, completely untrained. I just think from being a survivor on Jakku as a woman by herself and whoever her parents are probably someone really strong in the force already whether it's Luke or Han and Leia mm-hmm. I think her survival skills being alone forced her to already be strong in the force without realizing it that's why when she flies the Millennium Falcon after the TIE yes. Fighter fight and they run and he goes how'd you do that and she goes I don't know I've flown before but I've never flown like that before and I'm like that's that's saying right there it's like the force, force. was guiding her and, and that too because I've seen people complain about that that's why I bring it up is that people you know I, it to me it didn't really jump out of me i thought she was she already knew how to take care of herself right yeah, she had the court she had the quarter staff and it was proven that she could defend herself handily like no problem and she spends her time taking apart these friggin' star destroyers and ships so she knows ships and she knows their components right because yep. she knows what's good what they are so she can trade them back for rations and stuff so she has i mean she's not like like luke was a farm boy yeah luke had essentially you know yeah no reason to be tough <laughs> no reason whatsoever to be tough she's she's tough and to me it, it kind of harkens back to what we were saying earlier about anakin grew up a slave so he had to be tough that's why vader was so tough mm-hmm. whereas kylo ren grew up in royalty so he's just like this spoiled little brat yeah you take wow. away mm-hmm. who basically grew up you know a scavenger alone mm-hmm. for who knows how long you know because we see her living alone at And as a woman on a freaking desert planet living with a bunch of scavengers, she has got to be a strong woman. She's got to be tough. So I had had no problem with strong female character i agree i I don't think she was she was green at all i think she she was already good and she was like you said she was probably already using the force yeah unknowingly and the whole awakens part of i think i think she i mean she obviously she realized she was using the force when kylo ren was trying to do the interrogation and she fought back right and she kind of looked into his mind yeah 
and saw his weaknesses and that kind of threw him off a little bit but i think that's when she finally realized like oh oh i'm using i'm 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 a force wielder over here you know all yeah. those stories i heard are you know i'm one of them i like when her and kylo ren are fighting on the planet you know when it's falling apart mm-hmm. and he seems to be like for the most part has the advantage like he's pushing her back drawing pushing her back pushing her right back pushing her back and then their lightsabers lock and he goes i can train you in the force and then she goes the force and she closes her eyes and then goes boom 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 and then turns the fighter and like yeah his own fault like he had her and then he reminded her oh you know what you're strong in the force and i can train you and she's like i am strong in the force <laughs> turn the fight around so yeah. it's like his own fault that the fight turned against him like his own selfishness that he could train someone that was his downfall totally screwed him up you just reminded me. I don't even know why this just popped into my head. So you remember when Ray touches the lightsaber and there's all those flashbacks and you hear like Ben Kenobi's voice yep. and a little bit of Yoda. Mm-hmm. So I read an article where when if you listen closely, you can hear Ben Kenobi say, Ray, this is the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. And he obviously, since he's passed away, he's never said the word Ray. What they did is when he said the word afraid in Star Wars, mm-hmm. they took the Ray from afraid. Oh, so it, it's um... it's cut from that. So it's no basically way. the Ray. Yeah. So that's how they imposed it in there. So did they use Ewan McGregor's voice? It's mixed. So they said it's it's a mix between Sir Alec Guinness and Ian McGregor. Oh man, I got I gotta check that scene out. I gotta check. Yeah, that I'll out. I'll see if I can find the article again too. Sweet. So they did a bunch of cool, you know, like fan service stuff. Dude, there was a ton of fan service stuff. And you know what's what's cool about it is they didn't overdo it. No. Right, no, the, no, no. the little nods were well done. They were funny. They were tongue in cheek. Uh, to me, like the fan service was just like the humor. It was executed perfectly. Like the humor is throughout the whole, almost throughout the whole movie, but it's so subtle sometimes. Like when Kylo Ren's losing his after Ray got away, and those two stormtroopers, like we were talking about earlier, turn the corner and then they see it and they're like, "All right, let's turn back," and they just leave. So subtle, like no dialogue at all. It was just a nice visual that you're like, that is funny. Uh, or when Ren had Poe and he was interrogating him and he gets into his face and he says, so uh, do you go first or do I yeah. go first? Like, <laughs> do uh, I talk first? You talk yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. Those those little <laughs> moments, man, they were just they were just good. Or like the, the, the moment you mentioned earlier when Finn and, and Ray finally meet up and it was like, how did you do that? I don't know. I don't know. You know, and they were all like super excited, like a couple of little kids. Yeah. It was, it was good. I liked it. The humor was great. The humor was a nice surprise. The first time I saw it, I'm going to admit, I was not a Poe fan. Really? Yeah, the first time oh. I saw it, I was like, oh, of course, this guy, he's like a perfect X-Wing pilot. He's going to be the one who destroys the thing. But then I saw it the second and third time, and I think what did it for me seeing it the second and third time, because like the first time I was watching it pretty much in awe. Like I was like, just my mouth open, trying to absorb what's coming at me. Like, this is so amazing. Like, uh-huh. this is better than I expected. So when I saw it the second and the third time, it was less like, okay, I can just watch it, watch the movie for the movie and not just be like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and what did it for me for Poe is, it's probably one of the more emotional scenes to me is when Poe comes back and he sees Finn and they run up and they hug each other. I was like, okay, I like Poe now. Like that scene, I really, I was like, mm, I, I thought that that's scene was, I thought that scene was a little weird because Poe and Finn barely knew each other. 
right? They crashed the TIE fighter. Poe wasn't there. And when they when they meet up again, they, I mean, like they they embrace. I thought that was kind of it didn't it didn't it didn't totally kill it, right? Because they they had trust in each other, and and I get it. Well, to me, it's because Finn helped Poe escape. Like Poe is pretty much a dead man. Yeah. Had it not been for Finn. Uh, yeah, that's true. And also, he he did lie to Poe. He said he was a resistance fighter when he first found him, right? No, you remember he says you're with the resistance, and he's like, uh, no. And he's like, you need a pilot. I need yes. a pilot. That was that was. <laughs> Yeah, he gave him this 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 line like, "Hey, because it's the right thing to do." To do yeah. and he was like, "Oh, you need a pilot." And he's like, "You need a pilot." He's like, well, I, I'm, I, I got pilot. you. I'm your man. <laughs> Poe pretty much, I think, thought, despite how cocky he was, it's I'm as good as dead. They're never gonna let me go. They're gonna kill me. I'm gonna die. Whatever. Yeah. This is so it. he got away and crashes. So you know, freaking Finn wakes up and he's like, "No, Poe." And then Poe wakes up like further away and goes, "No, Finn." And goes back no tie fighter so they both assumed they were dead that's true that's true so i think it was kind of like a way he never got a chance to say thank you for getting me off that freaking ship and you're right you're right i kind of rethinking that a little bit finn is such a innocent bright-eyed character yeah that i think his emotion was genuine in in finding and seeing poe again yeah because i mean he even names him like finn has had no friends yeah. You know what I mean? He's just been programmed to sanitation <laughs> yeah. and, and trained to kill. Yeah, he's really the first person outside of the first order that he he meets and he gets named by him. Yeah. So and like I said, he he's such he's such like a innocent, bright eyed character that he his emotion I think is legit. It could have yeah. been it could have been anybody and he would have been super excited to see them. To see him, yeah. Oh, you're still alive. How awesome. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I, I, I didn't really bother me. It was just like, oh, that's weird. They didn't really know each other, but they just hugged like they were old friends. And like I said, it took the second, third time seeing it for me to really appreciate it because then I, I could see it more. Mm-hmm. I so. like Poe. I didn't have a problem with Poe um, at all. I thought he was he was a cool character. I I can totally tell he's trying. He he's not trying. He's gonna be the. I mean, if if we're comparing characters, he's kind of the new Han, right? Yes. He's like cocky. He's super sure of himself. One liners. Yeah, <laughs> one liners. You know what I mean? Like always playing it cool. He's never gonna he's never gonna crack. And I they got the right dude for it because he yeah. he nailed it, dude. Yep. So how about this? What do you think of these? Right, the. Co- Kotor references now. Kotor is Knights of the Old Republic, right? An yes. Old, an old um, RPG that was on the Xbox. Really good game. Excellent, right? So we know that Kylo's mask looks very, very similar to Darth Raven's. Yes. Do you think? Do you think that was done on purpose? I mean, do you think these are nods to? Oh, yeah. I EU? mean, I think that's just another nod because, correct me if I'm wrong. Not only is Star Killer like Luke's uh, original name. Mm-hmm. But wasn't Star Killer the name of the character from Jedi Force Unleashed? Yeah, the Force Unleashed. Yep, it was Star Killer. So I think I think they purposely did nods to more fan service. Also, Bastila Shan, man, Bastila Shan was the you know one of the major female characters in the Knights of the Old Republic. I, I'm seeing some striking similarities to Rey. Granted, uh, Bastila was a an experienced Jedi, but she kind of wielded. Well, she had double bladed lightsabers. Yeah. yeah, but very similar kind of a strong female character who 
who wielded a double-edged kind of a weapon, right? And I could definitely see how cool... I know you hate the double-bladed lightsaber, but what if Rey takes on a double-bladed blue saber in the next movies? Yeah, I'm actually... I've gotten better with it now. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't Rey also kind of almost have a very similar hairstyle to her? Yes, the look. Very yeah. similar look. Yep, very, very similar. She could be like a young Bastila Shauna. I know Bastila yep. in the in the game was, wasn't young. She was she was a little older not to say she was old but she was definitely not like a uh you know a young jedi she was i believe she was a master if i'm not mistaken if not a knight yeah. but regardless she ray could pass off as a young bastard i think in my opinion also yeah, for yeah. for stasis for stasis was introduced in in knights of the old republic and it was a, a common you know one of the common jedi moves where they they'll freeze the enemy i mean yeah it was the just, arm that yeah yeah it was it was essentially a um it was a stun move in the game and they use it quite a bit in the movie and how, how cool was it man i don't care if people think this is cheesy but when kylo ren freezes the bolt the bolt <laughs> in midair and just holds it that was cool and i just kind of hung there and just made this like weird noise and that was coming off of like Poe's uh, rifle, right? So it was yep. it, it wasn't it was like shot. yeah, it wasn't a pistol. It was like a, a he was when he was hitting guys. He was, he was they nailed. were flipping. Yeah. yeah, exactly. One thing that I thought was not not weird, but I was kind of bummed. So you know, at the end, we see Finn laying down and he's on that table, and you can hear like his heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I was kind of bummed that he wasn't in a back to tank. They should have put him in the back to tank, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, just was, kind of yeah. floating in the thing, just to do like another nod to the uh, previous star wars that's true that's true well he was at the base right it was at the base when they when they took yep. they had the heart monitor yeah. on him. that's true that was a little bit of a missed opportunity there i think yeah. i guess she couldn't have kissed him on the forehead said we'll <laughs> see you again but she could have just stood at the back to tank put her hand on it and said you know i believe i'll see you again i think it would have had the same effect and then the final kind of a nod to the old republic and this might be reaching a bit but a, a lot of the old republic uh, game was based around this, finding a star map right? yes which yes. is what the movie was kind of kind of revolved around it revolved around yeah yeah but th- i mean those those are a lot of um similarities and, and who knows maybe they're just kind of like little tiny nods little easter eggs uh you know for all we know jj abrams played the games you know watched yeah. the movies did you know he, he was a fan of star wars one other note on the stormtroopers man the stormtrooper with the like the vibroblade yeah fights with finn i thought that was a really cool touch considering that these stormtroopers were probably trained these these are the stormtroopers that followed ren and the knights of ren you know killing these jedi so they were probably trained to fight against lightsabers with these vibroblades right so i i thought that was i thought that was really cool on top of just it being like a very kind of a personal moment between you know the next stormtrooper and a you know current stormtrooper i thought oh these dudes are these dudes are trained to fight jedi yeah ren, ren probably trained these dudes the movie was just very 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 well done. I liked it a lot. I came out. I wanted to see it again. I want, I'm going <laughs> to see it again just to kind of, you know, catch all the little subtle notes and stuff. Yeah, we're actually going again. I think it's this weekend because, nice. yeah, my friend hasn't seen it yet. So we're going to go see it with them. My kids were too young. They're 12, 11, and 7, right? So they were, they're too young for the, obviously, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. I tried showing them the, the different movies, and they're kind of half in, half out. You know, the pacing is different. Movie writing was different back in, you know, the 70s and 80s. And yeah. Stuff. But this movie, after it was over, I mean, we all looked at each other like, that was really good. Yeah. And they all agreed. And and, and they, they come with me to see, like, the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we, 
we've enjoyed all these movies, but I don't think any of the Marvel movies or the Warner Brother DC movies have made the same impression that the Star Wars movies have. And I think it's cool because I'm seeing like the next generation of Star Wars fan, right? And it's done with a good movie. And my youngest, my seven-year-old, is like all about Ray. So she Ray hit good notes where she's like the strong young female character, not cheesy, not winking at the camera, just yeah. like no nonsense. Like quit holding my hand. Oh, I love that part. <laughs> what are you doing? Come with me. Stop holding my hand. Yeah, poor Finn is just clueless. <laughs> Finn is just clueless. Man. He doesn't know what he's doing. But yeah, I thought I thought that was a, a really really um, cool moment where I looked over at the kids and they were just they were into it. The the third time with the uh, Down syndrome, we we were with our friend Jason and Clet and their daughter Eloise. What were, you, what were you guys doing for Down Syndrome? So the Down Syndrome Association rented out two theaters at Hazard Center specifically just for this event. Like the five hundred first was there. Uh, it was it was a really big deal. Like was this a, a charity event or was this just yeah? Just, okay, cool. It was all for fundraising for Down Syndrome. And what's uh, the that, name of what's the name of the organization? That's the Down Syndrome Association DSA. Okay. When we went, Eloise, she's such an adorable kid. I was like, so who was your favorite character? And she's like, Ray! I love Ray! Like, she was super into yeah. Ray. So I was like, they nailed it with the female audience. And like I said, not forced, not cheesy. No, she was just like straight up a hero. And it was awesome. a very, I'm not dependent on anyone type of hero. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, man, that I, I appreciate it. The feeling of the actual sites and locations where they filmed, right? Where they're, where, when, when they are running through the desert, and running through the jungle it's so nice to see them actually running running at full <laughs> speed they're sweating you know it's hot it, it's not a, a light jog across a green screen with a fan blowing on them with a fan blowing on them <laughs> yes I do really appreciate the scene where Finn and, and Ray first meet when Ray grabs her and tells her to be quiet and he's listening and you hear the scream of the TIE fighters and he's like oh that Run. scene where he because you know he's he's a stormtrooper he's been around that all his life yep. and he recognizes the sound of you know flying what's down. coming <laughs> yeah. yes he knows exactly what's coming the prequels really overdid the space fights with, by throwing just a kajillion <laughs> kajillion ships and this scene had two TIE fighters and they yeah. were they were menacing and the cockpit shots were really good I don't know if you noticed that but the TIE pilots looked really cool with like the yes. red lights shining on them from the cockpit and everything. I thought, I don't know. I, I think it looked really, really, really well done. One of my favorite visual scene where it's that sunset and it's the three TIE fighters flying. Oh yeah. Like I was like, I want that as a wallpaper. Yeah. Cause it looked so awesome. It's like the sunset. It's just three TIE fighters. Going, yes. Oh. Yes, yes that sound dude <laughs> yeah you, you notice a lot of the dog fights a lot of the um the the space combat wasn't space combat it was all like atmosphere it was, it was yeah on yeah, planet there wasn't a lot of a uh, space uh, combat in this movie it was all no, done on not planet. until they did the the run on the star killer yep well i think one of the the advantages of showing the fights on a planet versus out in space is in out in space like if you see a tie fighter do a flip in the air it's doing it on a black background Whereas when you see Poe doing those flips 
uh, on Mars planet. It's way more visual because you're seeing like he's flying in front of trees. He's flying behind buildings. He's flying by the water. You're getting way more visual seeing it versus I'm just doing a flip in front of a black screen with a bunch of white dots for stars. And what a great scene that was, man. Poe Poe was just amazing in that single shot where it was just kind of, you're following him along and it's... Yes. And he's picking off stormtroopers on the ground and it was just so good and the, the squadron was all good too all the different yes. aliens and, and all the different x-wing pilots this is the first time we see an alien within the x-wing is it really yeah because the only time we actually see like an alien pilot is in the millennium falcon with lando the Solst- well aside from chewy oh you're right he was never in the um x-wing in the x-wing that's right he was he was lando's boy wasn't he yep solston guy or whatever yes 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 that guy (laughs) right i didn't even think about that and there was a few of them there There was was at least two (laughs) yeah there was that's right dang man lots of stuff that we pick up as we talk about it that's why i was like let's not talk about it at work save it for the podcast All right, man. I think I think we've kind of um, tapped out a little bit here. Yeah, two hours and twenty minutes. It's gonna be a long podcast. That's not bad. That's that's okay. I'm mean, I'm sure we we've missed a bunch of stuff. I'm sure we're gonna go watch it a couple more times and be like, There's... let's talk about it some more. So okay, how about we ended up on this? What what do you think the um, the new movies should should focus on? I'd like to learn more about Snook or whatever his name is. Snook. Kylo Ren, because he says bring Kylo Ren. And we're gonna complete his training. So I'd like to see what that involves. But I yeah. I want to see Ray. I really like her character. Yeah. I'm hoping we get a balance between the two do they really have to follow the storylines of three can we just keep going the prequel trilogies are called episodes one episodes two episodes three and i guess you know four five and six but this one isn't necessarily front and center episode seven it's star wars the force awakens so they could possibly just uh, abandon the whole next trilogy thing and just kind of keep going oh well we know spinoffs are coming they've already mentioned oh, for sure see what i'm afraid of is they're, they're trying to fit too much into three movies so i say why not just keep going don't focus so much on being three movies right well i think it will continue like i think we're gonna get a seven eight nine but i think they will wrap up whatever the story is that we have for nine and then probably do a 10 11 12 you think you think seven nine is gonna be like the end of the arc yeah and then we'll get a new arc with 10 11 12 if they decide to do that route at this point, I think uh, Star Wars is in capable hands, man. Rogue Squadron movie, the Bounty Hunters movie, I'm looking forward to all of it. They only touched on Phasma because they want to kind of have her have a bigger role in her own movie or in one of the spinoff movies, then dude, I am all for it. Keep doing that. That's cool too. And that was one of the things that I was going to talk about before when we were talking about the Stormtroopers and stuff. The fact that Phasma is a female Stormtrooper. You know, when I got her freaking pop figure, I assumed a guy. All the stormtroopers that I've always known have always been guys. Yeah. And then she talks and I was like, that's, that's, that's a woman. That's a woman <laughs> under that mask. And I, that, that was just great to me. I had was, that spoiled for me because of the casting, because it was a kind of a big uh, deal when Gwendolyn Christie was cast. Again, they, they went a good route in not giving her, like, breastplates. She's just in armor. Like, it doesn't matter that she's a woman. Breastplates don't make sense. Let the audience figure out who she is. It's not her identity. Is that uh, I'm not only am I a stormtrooper, but I'm a female stormtrooper. I'm a female, yeah. She's like, nope, I'm just a friggin' officer stormtrooper. 
stormtrooper who's bad because I have my silver stormtrooper armor. Cool. Do you have anything else? No, man. I, th- I think we've covered most of it. I guess what I would kind of want to see is you're right, man. Just I, I really like that they, they, you know, the character development in this and I hope they continue with that. I want to see Ray's training. I want to see, you know, um, Kylo Ren's like both deeper and deeper and deeper into the dark side where he's just like completely lost. I want to see where Finn goes with his character because he's going to get better too. He's he's a trained stormtrooper, but he still has a lot to learn. And then, then what's going to happen with Luke and what's going to happen with Leia and you know, are we going to see Lando? All these really questions. cool questions. <laughs> Any more huts, you know? See, you keep reminding me every time we, as we keep talking, <laughs> it's just going to keep getting longer. No so worries. Huts, when they first land on Maz's planet and Han Solo stops at the door and says, whatever you do, don't stare. And they go, at what? Everything. And he goes, any of it. My impression, I thought it's going to be a hut in there. Like, because wouldn't you stare at a big freaking slug? No, especially knowing that these guys are like gangsters and, and all that. I mean, they were going into a cantina type yeah, place. Yeah. I thought, oh, it's going to be going to be a hut in there yeah i I didn't go there initially i I just thought it was going to be some crazy looking alien in charge of everything i didn't didn't think hut but you're right there should have been a hut in there indicating any of it i thought it was going to be like a large mass you know what i mean yeah they're going to walk in they're going to go through and there's going to be a hut there's going to be a big fat twice as big like like the friggin star killer base yeah (laughs) three times as it's like a hut but three times as big so i was kind of bummed when she's she turns around she's like solo and I was like, that's pretty much the opposite of a hut. Really <laughs> tiny. <laughs> you know, she kind of reminded me of the, um, oh, I forget her name from the Incredibles that makes the costumes for them. Oh, the yeah, the chick with the short black hair, right? Yeah, with the short yes. black hair that's like she big glasses. Yeah, she does. She's tiny, big glasses, super confident, pushes their buttons a lot. That's how, you know. <laughs> that's actually a really good point. <laughs> yeah, she was a little bit like this. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know that character. Yeah, I think they had a good balance of new and old alien species. It would have been too much to throw, like, and here's a hut, and here's this, you know what I mean? Here's all your old friends are here. But like I said, Disney has a lot of movies to go. If you think about it, this is their Iron Man 1. Yeah. You know what I mean? And look where we've gone from Iron Man 1 to Ant-Man. I'm excited, man. We're going to be be up to our elbows in in Marvel and and Star Star Wars Wars movies. (laughs) Yes. We're we're going to just be up to our elbows Disney movies, really. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I, for one, welcome our Disney <laughs> overlords. All right, man. I think on that note, we'll wrap it up. Good podcast. Thank you for listening. You want to throw out the uh, all the different pages where folks can find us at? Sure. So you can go to comicreliefpodcast.com. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. You can go to twitter.com forward slash comicreliefpodc. And then you can go to youtube.com forward slash comic relief podcast. And big thanks to Mr. Chad Kavanaugh of Grunt 1B Comics for joining us. Thank you, Chad. You can find Chad at grunt-1b-comics-studio for his stuff. Facebook.com forward slash that. Yep. All right, Tom. The the Force Awakens awoke the, the podcast. Comic Relief Podcast. <laughs> so this is the end of the Comic Relief Podcast Awakens. Thank and you. on that note, may the Force be with you. Always. Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. You can find us at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash comicreliefc or you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast. 
If you enjoyed the music at the beginning of this podcast, please visit Taylor Davis's website. She did the cover of the song. Uh, you can go to her website at taylordavisviolin.com. You can visit her YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash violin tay, T-A-Y. Please go visit her website, visit her YouTube page, subscribe. Hey, what's up? Shop, huh? What's going on? Can you hear me okay? Sure can. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> You're a little faded, but that's fine. How is much? it? What about right here? Right here, is that good? You sound the same. Oh, it does. <laughs> you know what? I, I I told Chad to hold his, the phone away from his face or his, <laughs> his friggin' manly beard. Does it scream? interrupt? So now, yeah. So, so that's, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> you got to find a sweet spot. Just put your phone down on the table and then like get really close to it. <laughs> I need you to put your phone on the floor, put your feet up on the wall, and then use only down. one hand to hold yourself up. There you go. You're buff. You can do it. Yeah, dude. Okay, I had headphones on, so I took them off. I, I, I had them plugged into the phone, so maybe that was still on it. Now it's faded again. <laughs> now it's faded again? Yeah, but it's not a big deal. I mean, I can still hear you. Oh, I'm holding it at the same spot. Okay, as long as you can hear me, and it's okay. I mean, as long as the fans hear my beautiful voice, that's, that's all, that, all that matters. That's the <laughs> so hold on, Michael, don't say anything, and then just Chad say something. I want to see like the reading. Okay, this is Chad speaking. This is uh, the volume that I will be speaking for, however long we speak. All right, yeah, it's good enough. I mean, me and Michael are like way louder. Okay, but I mean, that's it's normal. You guys are on a PC with a microphone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, maybe it's because I'm on an iPhone. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's it dude it don't worry about it man it's it's all good i know good. and i won't be getting any endorsements for apple now. yeah seriously they're out the window <laughs> they weren't the droid i was looking right for. oh exactly. dude it beat me to it beat me to it <laughs> you know what i was thinking um tom instead of us doing um like a an official intro if you could record an intro afterwards because i know sometimes you'll do like where you'll add stuff and just be like, hey, the following podcast contains serious spoilers. Go ahead. Why would we do it at the end and not just do what you just did? <laughs> We're just going to cold start. You know, I guys want to jump in. Yeah, that's fine. I have the, the sheet thing printed out. Sweet. Yeah, I have it on my Thanks. desktop. Okay, welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast. I am your host, Michael MM3 Moreno. And with me, as always, is Thomas Starkiller Logue and 
guest host today. We have with us Chad CV2187 Kavanaugh. How are you fellas doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. I, I'm excited. The, the force is strong in me. Oh, man, your phone's breaking up. Right, right when we start, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you sound like one of the droids. Dude, no, you sound like Kylo Ren, dude. <laughs> so weird if you go stand outside where you can get like, i am a, I'm, I'm outside in my car i took i took the two youngest ones to go see the movie oh nice how they like it they loved it and um because when i was four i wasn't allowed to go to the theater even though i still saw it later on time out save all that thought this whole conversation <laughs> let's get back into this all right let's 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 go ahead and start this over this time i'm going to start off with the um the spoiler alert okay warning from this point moving forward we will be talking about star wars the force awakens spoilers so continue at your own risk this is your spoiler alert consider yourself warned my friends that, that sounds like a pretty good warning what's yeah. up guys how you doing doing good i am i'm fantastic the force from me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How does that keep happening? <laughs> oh my god. What are you doing that you're screwing up your phone at that exact moment? I, I am I am forced pushing like my phone from working. <laughs> so funny. I hear you guys perfectly, but apparently when I speak it just nothing comes out. Oh, we're keeping that in, dude. We're just gonna keep going. Uh, yeah, that'll be an outtake at the end. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then that's when the one in fortune came in. And those uh, that actually figures on. Dude, your phone, your phone is... I can't hear you phone. at all. What about now? Nope. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a 30-minute outtake of, dude, 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 your phone. <laughs> I know. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, disconnect from Skype and then I'll, I'll call you back. Okay, bye. Oh, it sucks because it was working so fine until the second the podcast starts i know that's what was so funny like i could hear him and then he's like yeah you i was like away. Yeah, i just sound like a droid now you sound like the gonk droid gonk gonk <laughs> gonk droid gonk i'm here can you hear me uh it still sounds still sounds uh doesn't really what about i'll be trying to move the phone around that's so weird dude i'm like i got full bars i can hear you perfectly now you whatever you're doing don't don't move from that position because that sounds normal can you hear me still just hold yes. it yes phones your phone's breaking up dude okay. bad you just tell me when you can hear me no keep How going about what about now no about now? <laughs> now nope what about now no uh, <laughs> ridiculous it's like you bring your own like uh special effects special audio effects with you <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, they're and they're bad. They're not good. They don't enhance at all. Oh, you've you've. It sounds like you've been playing like three different characters on your end. 